here's your host, Alex Garrett. Ladies and gentlemen, you could have been anywhere in the world tonight, but you're here with us in New York City. Are you ready? I know I am. Hey, I'm Alex Garrett, your host for this episode and everything Alex Garrett Podcasting. And this podcast specifically focuses on topics that should be trending. And, well, you know what they say, right? Oh, if the shoe fits, wear it. Well, that line means so much to me. Find out why next on Alex Garrett Podcasting, where we wear that shoe proudly. And not only do we wear the shoe proudly here on Alex Garrett Podcasting, we own the shoe, we own the story. And that's where I'm very happy to tune in and start with you right now on this edition of Alex Garrett Podcasting, keeping your old Alex Garrett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I happen to be listening to Rush Limbaugh on one of the uh, outlets. And then I happen to type my name in because, you know, if I'm on the same outlet of some of these big heavy hitters, I'm very excited. <laughs> Little did I know what I would see next. And I should have remembered this, but I really didn't. And why I'm leading with, off with this is because I, I have a question that you can certainly help me answer at alex.garrett21 at yahoo.com, alex.garrett21 at yahoo.com. Um, answer me, or, or, let me first tell you what I found. <clears throat> All content for Alex Garrett podcasting is the property of Alex Garrett. Is the property of Alex Garrett. Those line, those four words, property of Alex Garrett, hits home. Mainly, number one is because my mom always said, hey, you know what? Make sure you tell your story. Make sure you own your story. And when I see property of Alex Garrett, nearly a week before my birthday, been on this earth now 28 years, 52 51 weeks, if you think about it, or whatever. Um, it hits home. And it hits home because, as the song goes, there is no guarantee that we could be here right now. But it hits home because I'm also very glad to be here. I'm very... I'm very aware of all the support and love that has gotten to making this podcast. And now to see it in legal writing, property of Alex Garrett podcasting. You can't make that up. And I put a little montage together. You can find out at Alex G in NYC on Twitter. Well, not really on Twitter yet, but on TikTok. And on Instagram, Alex G in NYC. But the pen really is in my hand still. The The story is through these vocal cords. Through this mouth that yes, afterbirth was tubed up for a while. Until it wasn't. Until I could talk. And now you can't shut me up. <laughs> which is Which is kind of fun. So there's that. But my main question tonight on Alex Garrett podcasting 
Hey, do you know how they have the shirts property of so-and-so? <clears throat> what if I made property of Alex Garrett podcasting hats or t-shirts, merchandise? Would you buy the merch? Would you buy the merchandise? I gotta know. Because if the answer is yes, and you put chatting in this chat room, a yes. <clears throat> well, then guess what? I might consider creating merchandise property of Alex Garrett. Or, I'm sorry, Alex Garrett properties. One way or the other. Property of Alex Garrett podcast. But Alex Garrett properties just sounds so badass. I would do that. In a heartbeat. Yesterday. Tomorrow. Today. So let me know what you think. Is Alex Garrett, as Zach, uh, another reference to my friend Zach, but as he said, AGP. Is AGP, is Alex Garrett Properties, already changed my WordPress website, by the way. Is it worth the, um, <clears throat> the change, uh, the merchandise possibility? And so with all of this, finding out I legally own my own story now, I want to say thank you to mom, Vic, my dad, everybody, the support, the love, the system, and groups of people behind me. I just want to say thank you, Eddie Delgado, Mike Myers, Radio Hope, you guys on the podcasting stream, Bob Huber, part of this journey too. And all who have joined this podcast, part of this journey. That doesn't end today. It won't end tomorrow. And it won't end for a while. So buckle in. I don't know where it's going to take us, but I've got some good feelings. Hey, you know, I talk about rejection, right? So I was somehow... Um, rejection could be diagnosable. There's a actual... Name for it. Rejection sensitive dysphoria. It's a real thing. I think one guy that didn't want to be rejected by anybody was Jim Comey. See, but you wouldn't know it from the real Jim Comey, okay? The real Jim Comey was nervous, was not artful, was not calm, cool, and collected as I think he thought he was. He just never appeared to be. Personally, I had first realized that Comey was a little shaky when he told us we couldn't open the iPhone of the terrorists in uh, California, uh, San Bernardino. Can't open their phone. They shot up a disabled institution. Can't open that those phones up. You're the FBI director and you can't do that? What are you talking about? There could be serious linkage there to other criminal ties and terrorist ties and you can't open that phone. What are you talking about? I'm not saying everybody should have their personal privacy opened up. But I am saying if they're criminals, they should have the iPhone able to be unlocked, de-encrypted. What do they got to do to find out who the bad guys are talking to? Um, so that was the first thing. Then the wishy-washiness of him, July 5th, 2016, and then September, uh, October 27th, when he made that letter. I mean, 
he just was going back and forth and forth and back. And but but he, but the Jim Comey that we saw in real life did look like that. Did look like they were going. He was going back and forth on everything. In fact, a couple of weeks ago he said, "I can't remember what what was going on." You wrote memos about the president. How do you not remember? But the show, I, I've got to direct you to this. I've got to direct you to the show that my family and I saw last night, The Comey Rule, featuring that guy, Jeff Daniels, as Jim Comey. Now, the Jim Comey that was portrayed by Jeff Daniels, you would feel some sympathy for him. You would really believe he wanted the best for the FBI. That's how good Jeff Daniels, who was that uh, newsroom reporter, newsroom anchor, now Jim Comey. With Brandon Gleason as Donald Trump. Yes, President Trump in there. But if you are feeling a little unsure about everything, this series might actually be good for either side to hear. It hits on everybody, and it, it it's really not a totally partisan hack job in favor of uh, Hillary. It's very documented, and a much better told story than I believe Comey tried to tell in his a higher loyalty. The Jeff Daniels Comey has you believing that he did want the best for the department. The actual Jim Comey made you feel like he was just trying to suck up to whoever to be liked, to not be rejected. Right? That's the uh, impression I got out of that. And the book, you know, the book was not written that well. To be very real. The way he describes Trump, Trump, he went in the meeting, he did this and the other. The way he talked about it too after on that media tour. He sounded a bit, how do I say it, sappy. But Jeff Daniels, the artful Jim Comey, brings you a totally different perspective in the Comey rule. Brings you a totally new idea to who Jim Comey, the man, was trying to be. He ultimately was trying to do what was right for the FBI. But in doing so, he really made a fool of himself for either side. In doing so, he really did make the FBI look incompetent. And that is a a reason why Trump fired him, I think. But if you follow the 16 and then 17 aftermath of that election, followed all of those changes, you would know, yeah, I saw this in real time. How Comey was fired. How Comey was 
wooed by Trump. The dinner we didn't see, but Comey, I guess, took us in there through that book. So, personally, the last time a political movie really got me thinking was actually W. Uh, starring jo uh, Josh Brolin. I think that was a... Um, Alan Sorkin, I believe. I might be wrong on that. But Brolin was a great W. George W. Bush really gave you the insight into the way the WMD story was was being put out there. Made you feel like that mission accomplished moment for President Bush was not mission accomplished. Changed perspectives if you if you saw it. I, I think so anyway. Or Gave you a clearer perspective. I think this one does too. Now, Rod Rosenstein has since said he did not say anything about the 25th Amendment wearing the wire. But according to Comey's book and according to the series, you see someone playing Rod Rosenstein say the 25th Amendment should be invoked against President Trump and then he'd wear a wire. You see someone say that. It brings to life some of these media reports and some of the stuff in the book. And it's done in such a way that, yeah, you could really learn from this uh, from either side of the aisle. So I'm here tonight to say the Comey rule, you've got to see it. You've got to. It's an election time, superbly put together documentary. There's two episodes right now, or a show. Two episodes right now out. I would check it out. I'll give it a watch. They highlight the famous press conference where he called, where Trump called BuzzFeed a steaming pile of garbage. Comey didn't want to let the Russia thing get away because he felt that would make the department look bad. And while he wanted to be in Trump's graces for the longest time, he just... He just, and I, I get this impression in real life too, he just was a bit clumsy about it. He kept falling into these meetings with President Trump, according to the Comey rule and according to higher loyalty, that really both sides didn't want them to get into. President Trump's side did not want to see the FBI director in that Oval Office, it seems like, by themselves. Because that would be impropriety. James Comey said, well, it's, it's the president. What am I supposed to say? No. He wanted to be liked by President Trump. He was legitimately surprised when he found out at the L.A. headquarters that Trump had fired him. But I think he was a little lack in judgment trying to meet with the president multiple times. Seemingly on his own volition. He could have said no to a dinner with President Trump. He could have said no to other meetings with him. But I think there was something in him that lingers beyond politics. Lingers beyond partisanship. Beyond the job, even. 
it's an internal void that Jim Comey wanted to be liked. He wanted the public to like him. He wanted the FBI to like him. He wanted to feel like he was being fair at the FBI. Even releasing that letter, which he said had to be released. His whole intent was to be fair. But I would say his whole intent also was to be liked, to be trusted. Now, I don't know much about his childhood, his background, but I would definitely say Jim Comey, especially as talked about in the Comey rule and beyond, wanted to be liked. He couldn't stand not being liked by anybody, as a matter of fact. He couldn't stand that some of his people were saying, oh, this is a bad idea to go and, you know, distance yourself from the AG, who should not have met with President Trump either. Let's not forget about uh, President Clinton either. Let's not forget about that. Loretta Lynch meeting with Clinton on the tarmac. Let's not forget about that. Please. And so, here's where we stand. Four years later, we still do not know and do not have an answer. That's true. To what was true or not true. To who should have been locked up, who shouldn't have been locked up. That this documentary and this docuseries with Jeff Daniels, one of the best pieces I've seen and one of the most fairest pieces I've seen. And you may or may not be deciding who you're voting for in the fall. But you know what? The way I see it, a look at this, and you might actually still be pro-Trump afterward. I think it was fair to him. You might be pro-Biden afterward. Because it sounds like some of what Russia wanted to do has been accomplished in our election, in our society. But that's for you to decide. I'm just here to say there is a great outlet, a great thing to watch that we can stop scrolling for a minute and watch the Comey rule. Because that story, that humanity of Jim Comey, and really, actually, the humanity of both Hillary and Trump gives a better, clearer picture than what the media ever told us, than what Jim Comey himself ever told us. It was an artful Jim Comey. And I think if that Jim Comey was artful in real life, he would have been well-respected. Just my two cents on that. Where does that story go? Where do we find 
other rejection cases that lead to people's behavior or rejection fears. You could say Trump doesn't want to be disliked by anybody. And when he is, he gets very under his skin. I would say he says he doesn't care about haters or they say what he want, what they want. But he also is a man that reacts to when to, to whatever they say about him. So he does have that rejection nervousness too. And I guess I'll wrap this up by saying is it good? Is it good to have that rejection nervous system, that nerves that doesn't want to be rejected, that don't want to be shouted down? Is that healthy? Or is it healthier to just bowl on through no matter what? I'm glad I got to spend a few minutes with you. I'll edit this up a little bit as the microphone came apart. <laughs> Talk about keeping it real, right? It came apart for a minute, but we were back. And um, we'll be back again in the next day or so with whatever else going on. ACB hearings are going on nice and not roller coastery. Coney Barrett has this calmness about her that is so evident and so refreshing. And we just see the days keep going from here. Don't know what's going to happen next. But I do know one thing, no matter what, you got to watch the Comey rule. Change your change your perspective and maybe your mindset just a bit when it comes to election 2020. I'm Alex Garrett. We'll talk to you soon.